Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to the Event Hubs podcast. I am Velociraptor, and before we kick off today's episode, I'd like to congratulate Jordan in Indiana for winning our latest contest giveaway. Jordan is the recipient of a $300 Amazon gift card and was nice enough to chat with us for a bit and let us know that he'll be using this new money to get some new grilling equipment as well as a gift for his wife and his daughter. Congrats again to Jordan, and thank you so much to everyone who entered and everyone who continues to listen to us week in and week out. It is not at all lost on us that we can only do this because of you guys, and it's incredibly appreciated. Now, on to this week's special episode of the EHP. We're welcoming both Dream King and Majin Ten Shinhan as we kick off our Street Fighter V tier list extravaganza. The four of us have compiled individual tier lists to rank order each and every one of Street Fighter V's 35 characters. We've averaged those four lists out and thus come up with our final Event Hub staff list and we're sharing the results over the next three episodes. Today we're kicking things off with our bottom 10 characters in the game and we hope you enjoy. Perfect. Alright, and welcome back to the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey yo. All right, and we have two very special guests with us today. The first man is Steven Dream King Chavez. Say hey, how's it going, everybody? Yep, yep. I talked over you there. That's what yep. I'm going to be doing all day today, so <laughs> suck it. Anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, Steven is very much in charge of our front page. Uh, most of the stories you see up on Event Hubs, he probably has some fingerprints on them somewhere, somehow. We don't let him put his byline on everything because that would suck, but mm-hmm. we let him actually touch a lot of stories on the website. Um, you know, whatever implication you want to read into that there, boom. So, anyway. off, off to a great start with my introduction. Yeah, that's going to be go. one hell of a podcast. <laughs> some other things about him. He played Abigail and now plays G. I know. Oh, man, any other skeletons in my closet you guys he want to He loves bring Hot Topic. All right, the next person. <laughs> uh, we also have Nicholas Majin Tension Hand Taylor with us, and he is our tournament coverage specialist. And uh, he actually does have a byline on pretty much every tournament story out there because he is a madman with tournament coverage. He is insa- insane with it, um, insane in the membrane, whatever you want to say there. Nick, say hi to the audience, please. Hey, everyone. Uh, nice to be back. Um... Of course I'm here, because we're going to be talking about Alex, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> him <far>. among many. <laughs> that, that's uh, so, the only part I'm focused on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I just want to remind everyone listening that beyond being co-workers, we're actually friends. But we might not mm. be friends after this is all said and done. This is going to get a little contentious here. Uh, we've, we've already got a little bit going on, and you know we've been telling each other, hey, save it for the podcast. You know, Let's get into it. Uh, but we're actually going to start right now with Falk. Uh, she is our worst character overall at number 35. And, and how we did this here, to explain it a little bit more, is we all went into a spreadsheet, and we voted the characters um, from 35 to 1, uh, 35 being the highest. And you know we'll talk about who that is in a later podcast. But today, we're covering the bottom 10, and we're going to kick it off here with Falk. So uh, Nick, what do you have to say about her? Uh, yeah, so just to start off, uh, our bottom two are actually tied because uh, Falk and the next character coming up uh, were a little bit contentious uh, just between who's the absolute worst of them. Uh, as for Falk, I play her quite a bit and the reason I think she's not the absolute worst is because I think she actually has a one matchup where she does okay. Uh, what matchup is that? Sang- Sangif. Oh, okay. I play her only for Sangif because mm. I despise the Sangif matchup with both Alex and Ibuki. So I mm-hmm. think Falke works there. Uh, the the problems she has is, I mean, to begin with, Street Fighter Five isn't a very zoning heavy game. You have zoners, of course, uh, 
but in general, Sony isn't a that like pronounced. You got to be style. really, really good at it for it to work in Street Fighter Five. And by you, yeah. I mean the character, like the character, yeah. like like very few and far between. Do you have a zoner that thrives? You had Guile like a season ago, and well, most of the game, and like Minot. But it's hard to make zoning work in this game. Yeah. yeah, and if you're zoning for too long in this game, you're probably doing it wrong. Eventually, you're going to get opened up, usually, and then, you know, you get the robbery aspect of Street Fighter V. So, very few instances where we see full-on zoning for the entirety of a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. What jumps out to me is that, of all the zoning characters in Street Fighter V, why would you play her? Except if you like her design. Like, her tools and everything like that just kind of seem busted. But, but Nick, please continue. Yeah, the thing is, she actually got a ton of buffs this last patch uh, when we got season four. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing how much better she got and still in my mind being bottom two, it just gives me chills at how bad she was before that. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, you look at both of her V triggers, uh, V trigger two feels pretty good and that one got a lot of buffs, but it's also kind of predictable. If you're used to it, it's not that good. And her V trigger one, it gives her like three decent projectiles, but as long as you know they're coming, just block them. Because if you block them, she can't really get anything from it anyway. Yeah. And and uh, another thing is she has like her regular projectile is kind of like a sunk move, right? But contrary mm-hmm. to characters like Birdie and Cody, you can actually see when she's charging it. Mm-hmm. So you always see when it's loaded. So then you just know, oh, she wants to do a projectile. Right. So would that do anything if she could do that and, and it wouldn't because it, it has like a little uh, energy beam that appears on the end of her staff or like on her hand or something right do you think yeah. that that would buff her at all I mean certainly a little bit right if, if that didn't happen that yeah because it, it makes her less predictable but I don't think she'd fly up in the tears because of it but it would no. certainly help her a little bit because as the player you already know how long you have to charge for it to work right I mean that's second nature to you the only thing that's doing is like highlighting for the opponent because she doesn't have different levels or anything either it's just the one mm-hmm. so it's just highlighting for your opponent oh projectile's coming yeah it would be like if birdie was like glowing red every time he was he was banking that you know and he charged it up and it's just like okay i, I know it's coming i could just kind of wait for it now kind of thing yeah especially if you're like a guile and you're waiting to throw a sonic boom and that's mm-hmm. the like, direct counter to it yeah that, that's an interesting thing that i've never thought about before um with falk specifically I put her as my number two from the bottom. Um, so, and it, it's kind of interchangeable for me. I, I think a big qualifier or maybe an asterisk that should go a lot or above a lot of these earlier names that we don't see as much um, is that, well, just that. We don't see them as much. So I, I feel like there's a sense of, well, we haven't seen everything that's possible with Falk, especially at high level, because we haven't had examples right so when you look at like a character like akuma and you see tokido who has picked through just like every last nook and cranny of the character and i'm sure he's still exploring but you see a much more developed like iteration of akuma but when we see falk it's like yeah she's not really getting things done and and it's very clear that there are other characters that can do a lot of the things she wants to do better that's that's a phrase that's going to come up a lot during this conversation but when that's the case i feel that that leaves a lot of unexplored territory so if justin wong played falk for like three months and that was it like that's all he did for three months and then we got to fight her i bet you she'd be a little bit better than our perceptions are here now does that kind of that's kind of neither here nor there because well we want to really 
play with the playing field that's in front of us. And this is as much information as the community has dug up on these lower tier characters, some more than other. But I will say, as far as fault goes, I do see the beginnings of a lot of things that I think if they were further fleshed out, they could be even stronger. Now, to what degree? I don't know. But she does have some very frustrating zoning situations. Um, a lot of that is just getting used to how far exactly the hurt boxes and the hit boxes on her staff go. Um, I know she has some cool uh, setups after knockdowns that, and, and she's got some fairly long combos that, you you know, when they hit you, you kind of, whoa, because I don't see that very often. But also that, you know, went on for a while with like multiple uh, gunshot, you know, projectiles and whatnot mm. and pop-ups. Um, all that together, she still really isn't getting the job done. And I yeah. think that's where, that's that's the biggest thing about these characters that are low. It's like they really, we haven't seen them get the job done, especially not on the major level, but even online, you don't see them all that much. Yeah, it, it's one thing to, to talk about a character's potential. Yeah, they might have more potential than you're seeing, but guess what? Someone has to realize that. you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then with that potential being realized, you're also going to see more flaws in the character as people discover what more issues exist. And with Falk, she might be the most rare character in tournament in Street Fighter V right now. Uh, when I was going into doing research for the story I believe she was on the research I did for this season and and when you see a Falk in, in a tournament it's like man this is amazing and then that person is usually eliminated right after that yeah. so it's like oh that's great to see her um, it, to me it's just like this character literally has nothing outstanding about her not even her varied tool set like she has a number of tools but they're full of holes. It's like, I like her and I like her design, but those gaping holes in her offense and her defense, uh, it's just like, okay, well, what am I, like, I can do some stuff, but like, it's not that effective. And it's just, I don't know, like, I just kind of look at this character and I, I just see um, an underdeveloped character is kind of how I would state her. Absolutely. Uh, I'd actually like to uh, point out one thing about, uh, you said like, uh, Justin Wong potentially playing Falky for three months. The, the funny thing is, Justin Wong was playing Falk and he I dropped know. her, and that kind of tells the story to me at least. But that was also the Falk before this season, when she was really bad. <laughs> so you know, this season maybe she's better. But you also have obviously a similar archetype with Manat, and it's like the whole meme with Manat where she doesn't have a hurt box at all. You know, um, which isn't entirely true, but like that's the general. Uh, Perception. Definitely feels that way when you yeah. fight her. Definitely feels yeah. that way. Uh, and that's the <laughs> I, thing. I play with... her, and, and it feels that way actually. I'm like, you yeah. punish me? Like, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. Oh, oh, more power to you. Because that's the thing with Falk. A lot of people keep telling me that she has these good buttons because they're long range, and they assume they can't whiff punish them. But everything she has, her hurt box is just as far extended as the whole model is. Dalsim. And I'm talking her entire stick. Yeah, exactly. Just like Dalsim. I, I was playing Falcon Casuals against a friend, and I was doing her forward heavy punch, you know, the one that goes, like, across the entire screen, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and he whiff punished me to a special, and it would connect with both Cody and Seku. Uh, he would, he would just do, what was it, like, crouching medium punch to Sonk, and it would, it would connect. Mm -hmm. When I play Falk, that's one of the funnest things to do because first of all, I don't feel very threatened until they establish that they're a threat and that usually doesn't happen. Uh, but, you know, every once in a while it'll get a little bit harder. But most of the time I'm just playing like, ooh, all right, I'm going to space myself where they want to do that move and I'm going to crush counter there, you know, with a heavy punch of my own and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's just playing that game because it's fairly easy to do and, and then fun. So, yeah. Yeah, it's fun for you, not, not fun for me. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Moving along here, we have our next character at 34th place, and that is Ed, who's actually tied for Falk here. Um, this character is a tad more popular than she is, and so we have her like one higher placement, you know, but you see actually Ed players in tournament. There's not many of them, but there are a few of them that, that run around. Uh, Get Wrecked and Dominion are the main ones that we kind of know of. Um, he's 100% nothing to write home about. Uh, while, while I feel like Falk is reasonably incomplete as a character, I actually feel that Ed is mostly complete. He just sucks. Uh, I, he can do some things in this game for sure, but he's got the Alex disease where he gets tremendously worse once you've labbed the matchup. Just to give people an idea of like what you need to lab against Ed, his EXDP is 16 frames. That's four frames slower than Urian's EX headbutt. It is, I believe, the slowest EX reversal in the game. It could be like, you know, there's something else, right? But 16 frames means you can stick out any kind of meaty light with most characters and just bait his EXDP and then crush counter punish him like all up and down. And, and that's where Ed, like, it's like, how does he get the opponent off of him at that point? Because you can just sit there and rush him down and, and just do lights all day long. And it's like, Hey, guess what? Like, I'm just doing incomplete block streams now at this point. And if you do anything, you're dead. And, and it gets really tough for Ed to like do much there. And a lot of people don't even know that they don't, they don't have like, you know, block streams specifically for Ed to blow him up. Right. Uh, how many people are going to lab that aspect of the match, but that's kind of where it starts with this character. And that's where I think there's a perception that he might be better than he is. It's like, no, once you lab him, like he falls apart completely to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny, too, because whenever I fight this character, like personally, I'm just I'm really not afraid of much of what he can do. I mean, the big things that he has are, you know, his his charge up Visco, which ropes you in. He's at, you know, frame advantage, stuff like that. Um, v trigger one, you know, the, the big orb. And then, of course, the EXDP. But a lot of that is like, you know, V skill takes a little bit to charge up. So you can see him standing there, you know, charging it, waiting to throw it out. You know, he can mix it up a little bit. But again, the, the lesser charged ones are, you know, less advantage for him. Uh, v trigger one giant orb, walk into it and block. And then it's pretty much gone. Um, and then, you know, like John was saying, the, the uppercut's so slow. It's just whenever I lose to this character, it's usually because I'm being a little bit too overzealous and I'm getting hit by a random EXDP. Um, when he gets in, he can be a little bit, you know, uh, threatening with frame traps and things like that. But for the most part, it's like, all right, I mean, there's a hundred characters in this game that, that do that better than him. It's what, why would you even bother playing him outside of just loving the character design and stuff? It's, and, and like we said before, that's going to be kind of a common theme here of, you know, there's just so many characters in this game that do what these characters do, but better and for less work. And, you know, when you have a giant, you know, Capcom Pro Tour with a bunch of money on the line, why are you going to spend months and months laving Ed when you can play somebody else and, and do so much better? Yeah. When I lose to Ed, it's because I haven't studied his frame data for uh, a single second. And I end mm -hmm. up getting frame trapped somewhere weird, especially with a V Trigger 2 kind of setup. Something along those lines. As far as these DPs go, I don't understand them. Um, I would, I, I probably would never play a character that has this kind of a DP. I mean, maybe Urian because he's significantly better than these two that we've talked about. But both Ed and Falk have a DP where you can put pressure on their wake up and still block it, and that happens all the time. Urian as well. Yeah, uh, for me, I just walk up and, and do a meaty standing light kick. If it connects, I'm getting a combo. If they block it, whatever, I'm at advantage. And if they uh, try to do the DP, I just block it and then a full crush counter. Um, it, it's it's like a double-edged sword, but like this, the edge that hurts you is significantly worse than the 
edge that um, benefits them. Mm-hmm. Well, I well the advantage the edge for, that hurts um, them is yeah. The advantage for those two characters, though, for Ed and Falk with their DPS, is that they're you know uh, two button presses. They're not an actual input, so that's kind oh, of sure. what's supposed to be the you know the benefit there. It's like all right, this this EXDP is EX reversal is slower. But you can, you know, fire off, you know, two punches or two kicks or whatever in neutral when they're jumping in. And that's a free, easy anti-air. And it's, you know, you don't have to worry about doing the input. You're not really going to drop that. It's you, it's more reliable as an anti-air, but it's also you have the drawback of it's super slow on startup and super baitable. So it's kind of, you know, it's 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 the double-edged sword and that's kind of the other edge of it. That might play into uh, what why we have both of these characters so low. These are both characters that, and I forgot about this until just now, that were designed to be more easy input characters, right? These guys have like single inputs for stuff, and and they're the uh, hopefully the the only, but <laughs> at least the first of this kind of trend where Capcom's going. Well, what if we make them like easier to play, and you assume that it's probably to be more welcoming to new players that don't want to have to do command inputs and such, but. Uh, they probably did that and thinking, well, if they're easier to execute on, then we better make them not as good or make their frame data not as good or something along those lines. And this is the result that we have. So it's not to say that you couldn't do this kind of a character and have them, you know, be a more legitimate, competitive, valid character. But uh, so far, both attempts, we have them at the very bottom of our tier list. And I don't think a ton of people would disagree with us. So read into that as you will. But that seems to be kind of a truth here. Yeah, but there's also uh, one thing worth bringing up, though, as far as what's actually good about Ed, is if, like, like a thing that often gets brought up, especially in tournament games, is, like, to avoid the nerves, just let your opponent hang themselves. Just react to their mistakes. And that is something that Ed is actually very good at. Yes. If you play against a player that gets very flustered or ever, and, uh, anything like that, Ed is almost definitely going to win. So when you have a player like Dominion, that's why he can make it so far with Ed. Because if his opponent has even the slightest bit of uncertainty, he's going to just chill. And he's going to wait for them to jump in or dash in or do something that they shouldn't be doing at, at, like at that state of the match. And Ed can punish that perfectly. Because even though the execution barrier is way easier with them, that also means that you can focus more on that part of the game. And that's what they're built around, both of them, I think. Um, and most successful Ed players I've seen do this kind of like, the dash in, get get a few hits, then dash out. You know, it's kind of like uh, this hit and away strategy, which is relatively effective. It's just that if your opponent isn't like caught off guard by the Ed pick, or they actually have done their homework, like uh, John was saying earlier, and no Ed as a character, that kind of starts to fall apart because if they're not scared, then that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed is actually pretty good once he gets in. He actually has good damage and some really powerful combos, uh, and his moves are all very plus. Like his jab, for example, is actually plus three. You know, and it's like he's got a lot of good stuff once he gets in. But if you're if you have a character that's capable of zoning and playing neutral, and then you get a knockdown on Ed and you have Oki on him, like what is he going to do at that point? Uh, he's really got to make a hardcore great read. Um, he doesn't fall about like fall apart as bad as like a. GR a Monat does when they're on their back because he does have an EX reversal but as I mentioned that EX reversal is so baitable and, and that Ed player has got to make such a great read to get out of things and he he's just like okay so 
his rushdown is good, but it's not great. He's not like a Nikali or a Cami like when he gets in, and, and he has tr- you know a lot of trouble getting in w- in some matchups. And so that's kind of like where the character really falls apart. It's like he can do stuff. Like a lot of characters in this game can do stuff, and that that like makes you think they might be a little bit better than they are. But like when again you've labbed him, it's like that's where he really starts to fall apart. All right, moving on now, we have Alex and Nick. This is what a character that you're very, very fond of and you actually play. You got fifth place at an online tournament. Um, what do you think of this character here in Street Fighter V? Um, he's fun, but he's very bad. <laughs> um, a, a, lot, a lot of people often, uh, they have this feeling like Alex isn't as bad as a lot of people say. And... I mean, obviously, everyone's opinion is their opinion, but for a lot of those players, they don't actually know Alex's frames. They just assume stuff is at the same level as other characters with a similar archetype. Like, they would assume that he isn't negative four on dash-up after a command grab, mm-hmm. because other characters aren't, except Laura. Laura is. But yeah, I, I just have to just jump assume. in and say that every single one of Alex's specials, even the EX versions are unsafe except for his EX stomp. Every single yeah. one is, is negative on, on block. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, the thing about Alex is that because of this, he has very little in the way of Oki, unless he's using V-Trigger 2. And that means that most interactions Alex has will lead back to neutral. Mm-hmm. The problem for Alex is that he isn't good at neutral. <laughs> Uh, he basically sends himself back to a disadvantageous state every time he manages to get a good read or a good opening. And uh, a reason why he's not very good at neutral is because he has he has decent range on his buttons, for sure. Like his crouching medium kick and crouching medium punch, they reach very far. But they're slow. They're very, very slow. So if you're up against like the top-tier characters, their sweeps will be faster than his mediums are. So if you're in a position where you're pushed against the corner and you're not close enough for a jab, you, you're basically at risk of being crush countered anytime you press a medium, even if you press it before they do. Yeah, slow slow normals, but with good range. I know exactly what that feels like, being a former Abigail <laughs> player. And, and John will always give me crap about that one, saying like, oh, Abigail has more range than Monat. And it's like, dude, but I can barely even get the damn buttons out. It's, it's a very big difference. And you don't understand it until you really experience it of like, hey, I'm trying to hit at this range, but I'm getting crush countered everywhere because my buttons are so damn slow. Well, and when you think about it, and I don't disagree with that at all. In fact, I think that because that's true, what you see with most Alex players is that they don't resort to playing much neutral outside of maybe tossing in a big boot here and there when you're close enough. A lot of the times, the Alex game is they're going to do one of their special moves that moves them forward, whether that's stun gun or the stomp or the uh, the elbow, and just try to surprise their way in. And so, yeah. and and I think that. Uh, so I actually put Alex as fifth from the bottom. Everybody else here put him as third, and that's that's why he averaged here as third place from the bottom. Um, I have him a little bit higher, not because I think he's good, but because I think he ends up netting more wins because he plays into what is... He, he does a not very good job of doing what works halfway decently well in Street Fighter V, which is just throw everything at the opponent and hope something works. Um, he also doesn't have... Like you were talking about the Oki to keep that going, uh, especially if the opponent knows that. I think he does have some situations where, like, if he power bombs you, he can follow up with like a um, the big boot and crush counter you if you try to escape, right? But it's more of a look for the dash versus the boot situation at that point. 
Um, yeah, yeah, because the the dash is even punishable. Right. I mean, it's not even that you should be. It's not even that you should be looking for the dash to jump out because of you would jab it coming. or something. Yeah, you look for the dash because you can jab it even if Alex goes to block after the dash. Sure, sure. So, but absolutely, that's not as easy as it sounds for sure. But yeah, yeah, in the heat of the moment and when you're wor- you you're probably not reacting to that. Anyways, though, um, I think that Alex doesn't win a lot, but he gets by on the um, on, on like kind of a Street Fighter Five themed gimmick um, more than some of the other lower tier characters. That's what he has going for him, and that's not a lot. The other part of it is his V Trigger One kind of feels in that ballpark as well. I've talked about his V-Trigger 1 before uh, a couple years ago where I actually said it's not it's not good, but it's like what he has going for him, but even that feels kind of gimmicky. Uh, he can get rounds with it for sure because of the parry mechanic behind it and such, um, and, and he can kind of roll you uh, when he's in that and once he's got that started. But most of the time when Alex actually quote-unquote earns his offense, it's because he you know kind of threw everything up in the air and it came down in his favor. But a lot of the times he just doesn't it doesn't feel like he has the tools to play as honest of a neutral um, as a lot of other characters do. And so I think that's why you see them resort to doing this. And then they're going to win like, you know, 40 percent of the time where it should be a 50 50 kind of situation where they win 50 percent of the time. Alex wins 40 percent right. like of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's something I bring up a lot, too, when I talk to players who have difficulty with the Alex matchup. It's that like John was saying earlier, every single thing he has is unsafe. At that point, all these things you're getting hit by are unsafe. And that puts a mental toll on you because most people who play against Alex at a high level, they're aware that these things are random. But he ha- like you were saying, he has to do it because his neutral isn't that great. And you can basically, I, I don't remember off the top of my head how many special moves he has. I think he has seven or something like that. Yeah. If you count Sounds the about right. You can look for about five of those at the same time you can't look for all seven so it's not a mind game that's in my favor but if i pick the one you aren't looking for at that particular moment you're probably going to get hit by it mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of the essence of what you were talking about but that's still a very disadvantageous situation and even then if alex manages to hit one of these things he probably doesn't get anything from it anyway mm-hmm. So that's why I would uh, argue. I just well, want to jump in uh, before we move on here and mention that Alex does have a few moves that are negative too, but all of his moves except for EX Stampede are negative. Like we're saying unsafe, but we, we also mean like, yeah, you're just at a disadvantage if you even land them, right? Or they're blocked, I should say. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. There are a few that are minus two. Yeah. So I, I boosted him up a little bit higher, and I think that was something that we wanted to talk about. At least that kind of got some attention in the uh, the water cooler chats when we were uh, putting this list together. And my argument for that, and and I'm not like I'm not dying on this hill, but this is why I approached it the way I did, was that you know every once in a while you do see Alex make some kind of an upset in a in a major tournament. You know, I think uh, Knuckle Dew lost to um, what was his name Rivera. Was it or no no no? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I think he lost a prototype. Then prototypes been doing some stuff with him. I think it was someone else though, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But the oh, point man. is, is that you see Alex's pop up every once in a while, and that kind of fits the well. Forty percent of the time, it works every time, and like sometimes that translates to a win in tournament. Sometimes you lose to Alex, and I bet you all, all three of you go, yeah. Sometimes I lose to Alex. 
right? Okay, I, I have to jump in on this one because this is one of the most popular characters in Street Fighter. Like, not like, you know, like, well, one of the more popular characters in Street Fighter Five. It's like, this is one of the most popular characters in the history of Street Fighter. Uh, and, and the fact that he's that popular and people kind of play him as like a, they love the character, so they're going to play him. That's what most people are doing with him because you're not playing him to win. Uh, that's pretty clear. Um, his tournament representation, I think, speaks very well to his overall low tierness. Yes, you do see Alex players pop up and Alex players are really good at randoming people out because how many people have high level experience against an Alex player? Not many. And then like Knuckle do infamously like wouldn't even buy Alex because he did. He's like, I don't even need the lab against this character. He's that bad. And it's like, okay, well that's, you know, you lost in tournament probably because you did that. Right. I mean, that happens. And that's kind of where I go with this character. And, and sorry, Nick, I'm probably stepping all over you here. Um, uh, our tournament guy, but it's like, to me, it's like, yeah, you see this guy in tournament, but that is like, that speaks so much to just like how beloved, loved this character is yeah i'm actually going to bring up two points about that the first one is you see him in tournament making upsets but you don't see him placing because when uh, i knew knuckle do got upset by alex i think punk got upset at a tournament by alex i think it was prototype and twisted rivera but i don't remember which did which upset um either way they didn't actually get that far afterwards they did an upset on stream and then they kind of fell fell down and another thing is uh if we're looking at low tiers making it somewhere in tournament now and again vega has way better results yep. that, that was one of the deciding factors for me honestly was just looking at vega's results and how consistently he's actually in you know the not in the higher ranks of the the results but he was showed up a lot more uh than alex i saw and it's you know that that was kind of my my big thing there of putting him above um alex so we, we crapped on Alex a lot here. I do want to give people like some things that to actually go off of. One, his Lariat is something that Capcom seems to buff like every year for some inexplicable reason. And, and I, there's a joke that we have like we share in the office here of like Alex's arm just getting like gigantic where it's like twice the size <laughs> of his body and whatnot when he does Lariat. And that's pretty much like Capcom's reasoning for Alex. It seems like every year they go in there. Um, but but this is something, Nick, I want you to speak to. It seems like Alex falls apart against like almost every archetype in Street Fighter V, but he does deal decently well against some of the grapplers, right? Uh, he does terribly against Sangeet. Okay. I think that one's awful. But I think he does fine against Abigail. I think Laura is probably fine too. Birdie's awful. It's basically unplayable. Um... Who else do we have? Yeah, so so he can he does have some things. Yeah, I, I I guess I should say that he does okay against some of the grapplers. I remember um, I know that Steven like hated this matchup when he played Abigail. Mm -hmm. He's like, why does Alex like beat the crap out of Abigail? <laughs> like this is one of the best characters in the game, and this is yeah. one of the worst. Like, what does he do here? You mm -hmm. know, um, and. Uh, I will say that, again, Alex can kill you in an instant. That is one thing he has is very high damage. That, that is a transfer over from Street Fighter 3 where you make a few bad reads and you're a dead man, especially if you get caught by that Lariat and a few other things. And then um, his V-Trigger 2 is something a lot of people don't know about. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? His V-Trigger 2 is kind of interesting because it basically gives him two opportunities to get proper Oki. And Alex with Oki is an absolute nightmare. I mean... It's still not guaranteed because it's Oki, so it basically puts you in a 50-50. But given the high damage that Alex has, actually getting two two Oki situations in a row like that... I mean, two 50-50s in a row, you guess twice, you're dead. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's the case for a lot of characters, but this happens within the span of, like, five seconds. Yes. So, in that sense, V-Trigger 2 is very scary. The problem with it is that 
to get the full mileage out of a V-Trigger 2, uh, you're going to have to one-hit confirm it against standing opponents from crouching medium kick, and that's just not possible. So you have to look at matchups where he can get it reliably. For example, Sangif. I still think Sangif is bad for him, but it will connect on Sangif's flex because that counts as standing. So you can get it basically guaranteed against Sangif if you know a flex is coming or if he, you know he's going to go for the standing heavy punch charge because you'll hit his toes. Yeah. I've, so you have to look for situations like that, and then you can open them up. Gotcha. I've got the Mark Born free uh, image of him, like with the spaghetti on his head, like saying "Play Alex." Like you know, it's like it's, it's so enticing to want to play Alex. He's a cool character. He's really cool. His his win pose is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But everything else about Alex is really cool. Um, and and it's just like it's so tempting to play him. And it's just like ah, you know. So we give people like you know a little bit of enticement there. Like he could do this well, but don't play the character unless you like to lose. So moving on. We have Vega. Uh, this is a character I played back in season one, and he got fairly well nerfed then. And Capcom has done a bunch of kind of random things to to try to improve the character, and not really landed on much of anything. So he falls at thirty second overall. Um, people seem to think this character is a lot better than he actually is. Uh, he's very popular. Again, he is one of the most popular Street Fighter characters, much like Alex. Uh, and even people who are ev heavy fans of this guy uh, have rarely stuck with him. Like they, they, a lot of people have dropped the, the character uh, Riketsu. Um, I, I have made some comments about Vega not being that bad in the past, and, and Nick has told me what, what Riketsu has said, who's probably like you know one of the best Vega players of all time. He cosplays as him. He has a, like a cool mask. He, he you know wears in tournament, all that kind of stuff. And, and he's like, dude, if you said that to Riketsu, like he would probably lose all decorum and just like blow you up for the idiot you're being right now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I have to back off that one just a little bit. Um, so. You do see him in tournament quite a bit, despite his problems. Um, again, that's how much of a fan fa favorite he is. Um, he's actually quite strong once he has Oki pressure on you. When he starts doing those like spin claw shenanigans and like doing other stuff, like that's scary. It is very, very, very scary to deal with, and it might make you think, "Hey, this guy's got some good stuff," and like you know, he does combos and all that. But what you don't realize is Vega is spending a lot of resources to do that kind of damage. He's spending like two ex bars. Um, he's having to get great positions positioning he's having to work very hard to get in those spots on screen where a lot of other characters don't have to work nearly as hard um but you think, hey, you know, Vega's a zoner, right? Like, you know, zoning, you know, it, it, that's, he has this big claw and stuff. Well, guess what? Zoning doesn't actually net Vega a lot of damage. And in this game, if your zoning is not very powerful and it can't really knock people on their butt, like, you need to be a strong... I mean, that's what you look at Guile, we look at Minot. Those are characters who knock you on your ass with their zoning, right? That's a very key thing. You never look at Vega and say, oh, yeah, like, he just dominated me with his zoning. It's like, he can do it for a little bit of damage, but ugh. So. Yeah, it, it's funny, too, because, you know, even with, with Vega zoning and stuff, you know, he, he commits to these big buttons with claw and, you know, heavy kick and stuff like that to keep you out. But it, that makes him so susceptible to jumping in. And just in general, that character struggles with jump-ins. I mean, his anti-air is pretty pretty bad. Um, and you uh, can, I think, mm -hmm. yeah, I want to jump in there and just say I believe he has the worst anti-airs in the game. It's, it's rough. It's rough. And, you, you know, for me, I have to always remind myself, like, just jump on him. Just keep jumping because he's probably not going to be able to stop it too well. And, again, if he's committing to these big buttons, you know, these giant claw hits and stuff to keep me out, I'm probably going to get a jump in. And what am I, what am I you know, getting hit with in exchange? Like a crouching heavy punch that doesn't do too much damage. It's He can't really combo off of his, um, you know, anti-airs or anything like that. Unless he does, like, the, the spinning claw that pops you up. But, 
I mean, that takes, you know, has some good startup on it too. So it's, you know, it takes a while to come out, but it's, there's a there's very little risk for jumping in on this character and he struggles to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, what Vega needs to do is, like, once you get in on him, he just needs to be reversal. So he corners himself further. <laughs> Spend resources yeah. to so put yourself in the corner. Here's something about that, though. And, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not amazing. And in, and in theory, on paper, it looks really bad. But Vega's V-reversal in the corner is the point of a lot of grief for a lot of people. Because, yes, he's still sitting there in the corner. And, yes, you should be able to just, oh, he's doing that. Well, let me just hit him. He has two different versions of it. One where he does one backflip, the other where he does two. And I've spent a good you know 45 minutes at a time a few different times trying to just find something that kind of coveralls vega with doing v reversals in the corner because i've been so many times where they've done that and i've it's messed with my timing and they've either been able to hit me or escape uh, i've i've personally lost a lot to the uh the vega v reversal in the corner as goofy as that might sound um and and it's kind of it's kind of wonky it's not perfect and sometimes you can catch it especially if you're ready for it it's not something that's probably it's not going to take him to the top uh, but people aren't ready for it a lot of times. And um, and so I think that Vega gets a lot more mileage than you would think out of his V-reversal. Uh, the one exception is Nikali there. It blows up his stomp big time. There's there's a few other exceptions, like moves that leave you in animation for a while. His V-reversal can actually punish that. It's crazy, but it's like, I don't know, about three out of the 35 matchups in the game he can do that with. Uh, I would actually like to bring up, because that segues into one of the main points I usually bring up about Vega, that people tend to agree with is that if you remove the v system from the game entirely vega would shoot up in the tears <laughs> instantly yes because he he gets almost nothing from his v reversal from his v skill from his v triggers i think both of his v triggers are bottom five v triggers in the yeah. game i mean his whole v system is awful it's disgusting it really so if you just remove v system from street fighter 5 let's say you had a tournament where you aren't allowed to press any v type moves Vega would be at least mid tier, maybe even high tier, mm. just out of just out of his normals alone. Yeah. Mm. That's true. Yeah, and, and that that speaks very heavily to where the character is at, where where you know V triggers and the V system in this game is is very dominant. And when any character has a really crappy V trigger system or V gauge you know system going for them, it's like, well, you know, what do you do? Like it's so bad where Vega's V skill, like he spins around and does a claw. Like when I see it land in a tournament, like I have to shout out loud. I'm like, oh my god! Like it's amazing! Like someone actually <laughs> did something with that. I can't believe it. Um, yeah. Uh, so th that's kind of the story of Vega, where he has some obvious flaws, like some other characters. But his flaws are in spots that you really do not want them in in Street Fighter V. That's why Vega is such a low-tier character. You go like, hey, he's got good tools. And yeah, there, there are some really good tools with his character. Um, and then his strengths seem really good. But then you just realize he can't keep pace with many of the other cast members when you start comparing them, like, you know, apples to apples type stuff. It's like, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he goes, goes down. One thing worth bringing up, though, is this... Uh, I, I think this relates to what uh, Velociraptor was saying earlier about um, uh, Falk, uh, where Vega is the type of low-tier character where you actually do have players that have explored him to the fullest. Because you have these players like Doomsnake, who's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and in the UK, you actually have two. You have both Bolt Strike and uh, Jester Power, mm -hmm. uh, who are amazing Vega players, all three of them. And whenever and you see them... in uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You have uh, guys in Asia as well. You have M Lizard, uh, Reiketsu. I don't know if he's playing that much right now, but uh, in tournament anyway. But you know, when he does, you still see uh, a lot of impressive stuff from Vega. So these guys really like the character, and they've gone in hard. And you can see 
I mean, watching them, you start to feel like maybe Vegas better than we give him credit for. But that's just a testament to how how much time and work they've put into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very well said. All right, next up here we have Nash, who's 31st overall. Nick, you've put in a, a, you know some time like researching the character and stuff. Like, What are your findings so far? Yeah, so I watch Ixion stream all the time, and he is basically the last Nash, pretty much. Uh, he never really wavers from the character. He wanted him all of Street Fighter Four, and once he's in Street Fighter Five, he just keeps playing him. So I have a pretty good handle on how many problems the character has. Um, obviously a big one is a lot of people just see Nash's uh, dash game and they think oh he's got good mobility but his walk speed is so unbelievably bad so the dashes are the only mobility he has so once you're at this awkward range where you're maybe in you know medium hit range Nash has very little options all of a sudden because you can't dash at that range because you're going to get punished so you're at a very awkward range where maybe your moves don't quite reach, but you can't really walk because your walk speed is so bad. Um, and another big thing for Nash is that he has to use maybe 10 different buttons as anti-airs, depending on the exact spacing of the opponent. So I wouldn't <laughs> say he has necessarily bad anti-airs like Vega does. It's just that they're overly specific. Yeah, I think John's laughing there because I remember there was an image going around of like Nash and showing like the different buttons he uses like in game and like all the different like positions and stuff that cover like each button covers on the screen. And then there was like yeah. another Street Fighter Five character. I can't remember who it was, but it's like it was Birdie. Was it Birdie? Yeah, it was like the medium punch, right? The the anti air. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> yep. so funny because there's like 10, 15 different buttons for all these different positions, and then there's Birdie. Like one button covers everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or I, I can't let you get through that conversation without talking about G. He's crouching heavy punch. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, Lord. that one's really scary. Yeah, but uh, Ixion and Atrosh are both uh, high-level players uh, who are from Sweden. So we use that picture all the time. Just <laughs> it's Ixion and Atrosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, people might be looking back to Season 1 Nash and going, hey, this character was really good back then. You know, like, what, what happened? And a lot of people said that, like, Nash would have been figured out in season one as more time went on. And we did mm-hmm. see that, I think, you know, in tournament. Uh, not only did we get input leg reductions, uh, something that Nash was really good at exploiting, uh, this guy got quite a few nerfs as well. And I actually went over and read his season two change list, and it reads like his obituary. Like, yes. here lies Nash. Like, he used to be capable of this. Yeah, I could not believe how many nerfs on there. It's like, it, like every one of his normals felt like it got nerfed in a bunch of his specials, his dash. It was like, oh my gosh, like, what did they do to this character? Like, I remember at the time going, yeah, I hate Nash. Like, I'm so glad he got, you know, dropped down. And just looking at it, and ooh, it was it was devastating. It was painful to read. Um, so Capcom has done a few things with him since season one. Uh but his 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 nerfs were so bad, like w- in comparison to like what they brought back up, like it it's like it feels like for all the buffs he's gotten, it's like he got like four times the amount of nerfs. Just to try to put that in perspective, mm-hmm. and ah, uh, um, you know where he thrives though is is in little little windows of zoning. If he's got you at certain um, distances away, he can be very frustrating, and I'm sure that's character to character. But that's like one of the only places that he really thrives, and and yeah. the adjustment to that, as we've said before, he's not he's not a good enough zoner to be a zoner that thrives in Street Fighter Five. I think that's pretty evident. So you get around that, and and then like what does he have left? He's fun to jump in on. 
you know, he does have anti-airs, yeah. but you just keep doing it because it's fun and eventually it works. And as much as he chips <laughs> away at you, as much as he chips away at you as you try to get close, like, okay, so I'm speaking more obviously from a rushdown character's point of view, but he'll, he'll whittle away at you a little bit and you spend some life to get in, but then you get in and his ability to get away, especially now that we kind of know how his V reversal works, you can, you know, set up for that and have him V reversal right into your throw that sends him right back into the corner, things along those lines. He just doesn't have anything to get you off of him. So I think he's, um, in a fairly broad nutshell, one of those characters that can whittle, but he can't get the job done. And as soon as it turns, the tide turns on him, and now he's at a disadvantage or he's on the defense, he just melts away. He doesn't really have anything to get you off of him very effectively, go back to that place that he likes to be at. So um, it's like you flail a little bit for, you know, you try to you try to stay at advantage, but it's just so easy to fall out of that and it's so hard to get back. And I think that's kind of Nash in a nutshell. For sure. I mean, he's a character that's the complete opposite of explosive. He has good mm-hmm. combos once he gets a hit. He has good counter hit confirms. And as you were saying, he has good zoning. He actually really has good zoning in the right circumstances. But you have to be so on point. Like, I would actually kind of compare Street Fighter V Nash with Street Fighter Four Dalsim. Because you have to be so on point the whole match. And then the simplest little mistake can just ruin everything for you and it's over. Yeah, I, I, a big thing for me that's jumped out with him is that that a lot of people kept him around as a sub, like Bonchan. Like, he was keeping Nash around as a sub for a long time, and then it's just like, I think it was season three or season four rolled around, and he's like, nah, I ain't even going to do that anymore. Like, why bother? Like, Capcom keeps buffing him, but, like, it's it's just complete underwhelming, right? Like, that's how I look at Nash as, like, a very underwhelming character. I don't think he loses a bunch of matchups in Street Fighter Five at, like, the 3-7 range, right? Where he's at this huge disadvantage, but, like... I feel like he loses almost all of his matchups at like the four six range where it's just like, yeah, you can play, but you're at just like a a default disadvantage like almost in every match that you play. It's like, ah, what are you supposed to do with that? Like you can put up a fight, but it just it always feels like a losing battle with him where where I mean like what what matchups does he win? You know, and I'm not <laughs> yeah, like ugh. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and it's like Nick said too, you have to play so perfectly with the character and if you, you slip up once it, it's all over pretty much. But then it's also like, you know, what's the payoff for playing perfectly? Like you you know, he can get some wins and stuff, but it's not like you're playing a, you know, you're not getting a top tier character for playing perfectly. So it's it's basically just you're doing all this work to kind of get to, you know, decent level, I guess. But it's also like, again, I go back to just why would you put so much time into that character when you have so many other characters that can do that better? Yeah, imagine putting that much time into Rashid. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't need that much time. No Rashid. one's even done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all love Rashid here, just so you guys know. So. All right, moving along here, we've got Fong, who uh, falls in at the 30th uh, spot overall. I've always looked at Fong as a potentially strong character, oddly enough, with good tools, but he just doesn't do enough damage. Uh, I think all of us at one point or another have said, like, why doesn't Poison do more damage, and and why don't you finally unleash what this character can do? I don't look at his tools and see him being completely ineffective. I just see his tools not hitting hard enough. Um, In Street Fighter 4, I think Fong actually would have held up great damage-wise, but in this game with like the just souped-up damage, I don't think he can dish out enough punishment and enough scenarios. And so he has to work really hard to get those opportunities, and then when he gets blown up, he's a dead man, right? Uh, And and another comparison there for Street Fighter 4 would be be Rose. Um, That's a character I main sense of vanilla version of the game 
And it wasn't until she got damage buffs in Ultra Street Fighter 4 that she really became anything. And that's how Fong feels to me. It was like, you know what? If you just added some damage to this guy and made his poison mechanic like a thing, and that's the whole thing the character was based on and why he's in the game, why don't you make it a thing like that's what we've been waiting for like poison should not be an afterthought for this character you shouldn't go into a matchup and go oh you poisoned me oh well i don't care you know again that's pretty much what it is like it's like what is it like take the poison like he even says just to take it because it's not <laughs> gonna do anything it play to you, out, right? it does as much as like a medium punch if you get the entire damage yeah, yeah. it's just uh it, it, and i mean they capcom needs to make that mechanic work i like Fong. Like, I think his design is cool, of all things. I think he's an interesting enough character. He's very quirky. He's very odd. You know, I I, I like him, and I, I think he's popular enough that people would actually pick him up and play him if he was halfway decent. Like, we, we tried to, you know, uh, CN tried to make him work. Um, uh, you know, uh, Mono actually does make him work in, in tournament at decent levels and whatnot. But it would just be, it would be great to see the, the top-end players who have tried to make this character work actually have an opportunity to make him work. So, yeah. there it is. I know uh, we have the Spanish player Vega Patch, who's been playing uh, Fong since the beginning, and he's been traveling a lot more lately because uh, I believe he got picked up by a sponsor. Uh, but he got top eight, I think, got fifth place first at the Head Stomper uh, this year, and then after that he's been going to a few bigger events and stuff. And even at Head Stomper, when we were talking to him, he was kind of like. I'm so scared of doing better because people are going to figure Fang out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, to it's, me. Oh, go ahead, dude. He feels, I, I hate Fong. Like I hate fighting him. I don't think he's good. Um, but one, he's like, I, I agree that his design is unique and it, it's totally worthwhile to put this kind of a character. I think it was a, a smart idea and it, it, kind of makes the cast more colorful great but as far as how he fights his voice and the things that he does and the combination of all those things together the fact that he feels like one big endless frame trap that doesn't do much damage but just pecks away at you uh, he's very frustrating and i think he's designed to be that and it's not as much in his zoning that he's frustrating as is as it is in just like i was saying his frame trap situations where i feel like sometimes and this is kind of on me for probably not doing as much research as i should but i feel at times where it's like no matter where I choose to push the button to interrupt, he's always got me covered. And it's not like, again, it's not that he takes a million damage, but it's like, nope, peck, nope, peck, nope. And then while you're being poisoned and stuff, and it's just this silly, dumb thing. And then when you end up losing to that, it means it took forever because, you, you know, you lost to a bunch of little pecks. And then, uh, but I've walked away from many Fang matches or Fong matches frustrated. Um, that said, yeah, you think about it like what works in this game and what doesn't he's got some okay zoning he's got some okay frame traps but none of that's going to add up to really a, a thriving character and also as quick as weird as it is you can actually kind of zone him in in some yes. kind of weird ways because mm -hmm. uh, and you'd think that like he's just setting up traps and having these weird projectiles that, that come out at, at interesting angles that are good for keeping people out but one of the strategies against fong is just to zone him especially if you have a fireball nikali stomp something or a seismo something like that get him to try to move forward at you um it just sucks when you lose to him because he's got a bunch of like weird stupid gimmicky things that you feel like shouldn't be as as working as well as they should and they probably shouldn't because i should do more research but yeah so anyways not an amazing character but it's still frustrating to play against and, and just not a good interaction in my experiences 
He's a classic uh, pixie character. He's very slippery. Um, he moves all around the screen. Capcom even added that like cool, like kind of like hang glider type thing that he does to like escape. And he usually lands right next to you, so you can blow him up and kill him. <laughs> but it's still it looks cool. And it looks weird, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Like that's you need character variety, and you need these like you know pixie type characters to actually do something. And and they should be halfway decent, right? And he's just he's not, and he never has been. And that's why I don't get it about this character. It's like he's been there. Since the very launch of this game, you know, we've had him. Uh, John actually got hands on time with Fong before he was even released. And he said, this character is either going to be incredibly good or incredibly bad. And, and that, like that statement happened even before it was released. When you, when you played him, you knew about him like way back then. Um, and, and it's like it's held up this entire time. We know what the problem is. Like, why hasn't Capcom fixed it? And it makes me think like there's someone back there who plays Fong. Are they they're like afraid of this character for some reason? And again, it goes back to John's statement. Well, if we buff him, he might be like one of the best characters in the game. I'm fine with that. He's been one of the worst for like every you know oh, I'm season. Not like, fine with that. Yeah, Get out make, of here with that. <laughs> yes. See, yeah. that's that's the reason. That's why they don't want to buff him because I think a majority of people who play agree with the uh, Lost Raptor that he's very annoying to fight against because that's his archetype. But not only that, but people who watch think he's really annoying, I'm sure. <laughs> I know that he gets a lot of he gets a lot of hype now because he's a rare character. But imagine if he had the pick rate that Rashid Akuma or Kami had. Oh, I think yeah. he would no be so hated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's funny too because I, I actually stressed out whenever I fight that character too. Like I know yeah. he's not that great, but I, it's kind of like John was saying earlier. It's just he feels like he's one long, never-ending frame trap, and I never know when to hit the button. And, and maybe that's on me as well, where I have to do more research. But with any of my characters, you know, anytime I fought him through the years, it's always like. I'm scared to fight Fong. I know I'm probably going to lose that match. And especially considering that, you know, whenever you fight a Fong player, it's always someone who's really experienced with them, has put in a ton of time. It's a freaking Fong veteran. And he comes in and just throws all this crazy stuff at you. And it's like, it doesn't end. And then you're you're down, you know? And it's that, I mean, I know he's not that great of a character overall, but whenever I fight him, I'm always scared of him, essentially. <laughs> it's a character that you have to specifically take into the training room mm-hmm. and 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 figure him out. And you see him so seldomly that when you lose to him once, you go, "Oh, I should do that." But it's not enough to motivate you to actually do it most of the time. So mm-hmm. you never actually go do it, and then you just lose to him every forty-five matches or whenever he pops up online. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm really starting to take issue with you guys saying like I have to take this character into training mode and lab against him. That's my life as Manat every single day. <laughs> that is every character in the damn game except for Zangief. Zangief. I I don't have to lab. I could just hit stand heavy punch and he dies. But mm-hmm. every other character, I have to take him into training mode and go, okay, what, what are they plus on this? And like that, that's my life. So yeah, well, uh, I did want to say one thing to something you said earlier and that when we were talking about when he was first, uh, the game was first coming out and he's either going to be really good or really bad. And um, also inexperienced or like, like somebody that at Capcom might like know something that we don't kind of a thing. I remember just before the game had released and we were playing like the, the whatever the, PC hacked beta version. I wasn't playing it, but some of my friends in NorCal were, and um, they were talking about it. And they said that as as far as the Capcom offices go, this new character um, who we, we hadn't played as Fang yet or Fong, but they said like no one can touch this character. Like in in the offices, it's like this character is ridiculously OP. That was before they released them. They might have changed something around. It might have just been that like no one knew how to fight him at that point. But um, that was the sentiment before the game actually released. And I think that that might tie into 
they thought, well, we need to make sure that this character isn't dominating the game, and so they went the other direction. And like I said, very hot or very cold, they just made him very cold. All right, so next up here at number 29, we have Cody. Steven, this is a character you're, you're a bit familiar with. Mm-hmm. Like, What are you seeing with him? Yeah, it, it's weird because I feel like people pretty much consider him worse than he actually is. Um, it, it's strange. I mean, he has a lot of good tools. He does great damage. I mean, he's got some great mix-ups, and especially with V-Trigger 2 and the way that he outputs there. It's it's There's a lot to this character. And you see, you know, players like Cool Kid still running him, you know, alongside Abigail and stuff in tournament doing fairly well. It's there's a lot to this character, and I think people kind of write him off, and and I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, you know, we you have instances of like you know, uh, famous uh, uh, Street Fighter Four Cody player Momochi doesn't play him, and it's you know that that's a big thing I think for everybody. But like just having played the character myself and explored him a bit, and just kind of looking around, I always wonder like why isn't this character. Uh, why isn't there more time spent with this character? It's, you know, he's got EX uh, Zonk pressure, which is pretty damn good. I mean, I think it's like plus three on block, uh, which he can mix up, you know, with a jab or a throw. And, and again, factoring in V-Trigger 2, he has command throw there and, you know, the rock mix-ups. It's, there's a lot to that character. And he also has, you know, meterless reversal with um, uh, V-Skill, which he does like the, the final fight flip kick. Uh, it, it can be a little bit tricky to land, but it's definitely viable. And it gives him a V-meter for his V-Trigger. Um, this character has a lot of tools to him, uh, and I think that people underrate him a little bit too much. Yeah, I'll, I'll just jump in here and say that I think this character is a tad underrated, like doing research for the pod, and I mean, we all have him fairly low here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a character that we're like, oh yeah, like he's you know, really far up the tier list or whatever. It's like, no, we all kind of agreed he's not that great. Um, and, and so... Uh, maybe I'm, I'm saying like a tad underrated. I think what Cool Kid is doing is very important to note. But mm-hmm. um, to talk actually a little bit about his V skill, um, it's actually you think that's great, but it also has 14 frames of startup. Mm-hmm. That's two more than Urian's EX headbutt. Again, making him very susceptible to uh, media attacks. But not only that, he's not fully invincible from frame one. His invincibility or armor, whatever it is, starts up at three frames. Mm-hmm. So like meaties really blow him up when he gets knocked down, and he has to pretty much hold that pressure all day long unless he gets to a critical art like and, and right. so again he can really fall apart there once you get in on him and that where he also struggles is actually getting inside consistently um he has to usually you know you talked about like his ex zonk and whatnot being plus three that's it's a really good way to get in but he still has to get to that point on screen mm-hmm. you know he has to do um he has to make commitments and do risks to kind of get to that point and that's why i think that you're not seeing a lot of people play Cody, even though like once he gets in, he wrecks you. Some of his setups, some of the rock things and all that he's doing, like you watch Cool Kid and like he's going full galaxy brain on everyone mm-hmm. with like 50 different mix-ups and it's like, dude, just go for the most basic stuff right now because I guarantee you they have not labbed this matchup yet. It is like, why would you lab Cody, you know, to that degree? Um, so you, you might ask like, you know, like, okay, so he actually reminds me a little bit of Urian here, who's also like a very strong character. Uh, and, and, you know, so why why is Urian so much better than him? And I look at stuff like Urian's EX headbutt, like I just mentioned, you know, Cody he has a V reversal, which is pretty similar, but EX headbutt for Urian goes right into V trigger one and can do some real big combo damage. Where Cody is kind of you're knocked back from him and he's not getting a lot off of that. He's able to get you off of him, but he's not able to set up his offense on that. And so when Urian gets his EX headbutt out, it's like, hey, guess what? Not only have I got you off of me, I now have control over the match, and if I've got V trigger one, you should be very, very, very 
very afraid. Mm-hmm. And and so that kind of leads me back to Cody being a bit of an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. I think he can do some solid things outside of E-Trigger even. Um, it just doesn't seem like he has anything really special. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, that's incredible. Outside of E-Trigger, I think his V-Trigger um, rock setups are very special. But outside of that, it's like, it's all good, but it's not great. Right. I think he falls apart in the neutral. I think that he doesn't have... The, the speed, like the walk speed or the quite the distance on his moves that he would need to flourish there. When he gets up in your face, he's got a lot going for him, as we've already sort of established. But getting there is is fairly difficult, I feel. He has the zonk, and that's the beginnings of that kind of a move where you could just get up in their face for, for almost free and then be plus. That sounds really strong, and it is. But it's not. It's, it doesn't go very far. And it's not too hard for the other player to kind of play around. If you keep Cody away with his speed and his buttons, which are like mediocre both, I think. And, and I might be wrong on that, because but that's how it feels. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, especially Nick or Steven, or one of you guys that mm-hmm. play more um, Cody. But it's I, I don't like play Cody. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but it's like I just don't see him. Um, uh, when you compare him to Urian, Urian has amazing neutral, and he doesn't even need to use it because he has other moves that just get him up in his in in your face where he can thrive as well. And so, uh, if you're comparing those two, I think that's like the the big difference there is that Ur- Ur- Urian has better neutral with his buttons, he, like footsies wise, and he can just advance on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cody like doesn't have that. If he could get up in your face and then start playing his game and his strengths then I think that would be a game changer. But the reason why we're not seeing that is because he's it's so hard for him to get to where he's strong relative to a lot of the rest of the cast who do it better than he does, mm-hmm. uh, that it's just like that's what is holding him back. Mm-hmm. And, and let me jump in on that mm-hmm. note because people are like saying, hey, you know, we're saying this character struggles to get in. And they're like, well, what are some examples of characters not struggling to get in? And that would be like, okay, well, Rashid does his roll at you and it's like negative six and he can space it and be perfectly safe. Cammy does you know, a dive kick at you. Those are characters who don't really have to work super hard to get in they're able to get in um and if they if they can't get in with like their normals they can get in with their v triggers right like there is like okay well cammy now is going to do her you know v uh dive kick and it's like plus ten thousand, and it like you know it it, it, and then rashid is going to throw out his tornado and boom he's right there in on you and that's kind of the huge difference between a character like cody and a character like these other ones he doesn't have those great options. He's having to spend a lot of resources in life to get in on you consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Urian f- doing like a shoulder tackle and being right up in your face. And he's not plus, but then Urian's buttons, you know, once he's there, as, as soon as you've uh, gone back to the neutral, like maybe you take a second to take your offense there and he blocks that and then you're in neutral again and he's got great buttons there. That's very much achieved something. Yeah, the thing, the thing uh, for me about Cody is that he, I agree with what you were saying about his neutral being kind of lackluster. He doesn't have that easy of a time to get in. But even when he's in, I'm not scared. I'm never mm-hmm. scared of Cody at all. I, okay, I'm a little bit scared when he has V-Trigger 2, two yeah, activated. Yeah. Because then he has something to uh, scare you with. He has the command grab and everything. But even that is still a risk. Because, obviously, I mean, it's a 50-50. If he gets it wrong, he's in trouble. But he has the rock to cover him. So, yeah, V-Trigger 2 gives him some good options. But outside of that, like Steven was saying earlier, he has the EX Sonk, and then he's plus free on block. And that sounds great, in theory. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, so he has the jab or he has the throw. But I'm not scared of the jab or the throw. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't even matter if I guess wrong. 
Right. That's how, that's how I feel against Cody. I, I I also had him the lowest of all of us. I actually had him in bottom five because mm-hmm. I'm just never scared of him. Yeah, I guess maybe I've just fought too many online Cody's that have actually Shazzy. yeah, basically. Uh, and it, it's again, it's you know, once he gets you cornered and stuff, you kind of have to start holding the V trigger two stuff. And, and when he does touch you, he does pretty decent damage. You know, um, he has some good combos and things like that. And then again, if you if you can't really you know uh, look for his his ex zonk pressure, it can be a problem. Um, but it's you know we're talking about Yuri, and it's very much again the idea of. You know, you're putting in a lot of work to make this character go when you have other characters that, you know, you don't have to put in quite as much work and then you can get a bigger payoff, especially if you put in that much work, you're getting a bigger payoff. Um, and, and to kind of clarify what I was talking about earlier, it's, you know, I think people underrate him in the sense of him being, I think he's more solid than people give him, uh, Cody is what I'm talking about. Um, I think he's more solid than people, you know, give him credit for. But having said that, again, he's still pretty low tier. Um, but I think that there's characters that are worse than him. So He climbed my tier list at all because of potential. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. I'm like, I, I play against Cody. I'm like, oh, once this guy figures this out further, it's going to be mm-hmm. even harder. But I, have we ever figured it out? Mm, well, not enough people for, for at least me to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I should point out here that I have him as my sixth from the bottom. Nick has him as his fourth from the bottom. He is not in either John or Steven's uh, bottom mm-hmm. ten. Yep. So that's something to point out as well. And I and I would I bet that a lot of that is how you guys feel too, as far as the potential thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll just I, I'll jump in a little bit on that and say his changes on paper. When we first saw him, we we're like, okay, this character is going to be real good. All of us were on board with that initially. It just didn't work out that way. Um, you know, on paper is not you know real life. That's that's what we yeah. see, right? Um, but also, we ran into Shazzy quite a bit, and to explain who this guy is, I believe he was the third ranked overall uh, league points player in Street Fighter V for a good span of time. Uh, and I don't mean like in America; I mean across the globe. Mm-hmm. And he mained Cody for about a year, and then I haven't seen him online. And I think that Cody is possible that it made him quit the game, which is not the best look for someone's viability. <laughs> but when he was playing him, it was like, wow, this guy is amazing. And, and like what he was doing with him, like his fireballs were very difficult to deal with. Yeah. And he was using using those to get in consistently. And and then I look at Cool Kid and you watch him play uh, Cody in tournament and you go, holy crap, the setups he's doing here and he's doing well in matches. Like he is blowing people up. I believe Cody is his main a little bit more over Abigail right now. I'm not positive of that. It's, you know, maybe 60, 40 or something like that. Um, and so I look at this character being right on the edge of like, tournament viability like i don't think he's great but it's like this is a character who can catch you off guard those v trigger two mix-ups are good and like why you will play him over urian is like guess what his tool set's a good bit different like the way he approaches it's more methodical you have to be more calculated but if you don't like kind of playing like a a, pardon me but kind of like a scrubby urian character like uh, cody is a really nice alternative to like playing a very thoughtful and methodical way and then once you're in you earn that reward and you feel very windsor extra satisfying I guess. <laughs> you you actually reminded me of something with that i am genuinely extremely scared of cody's ex fireball mm-hmm. that does scare me a lot because he gets to walk behind it yeah. but it's not as free as guile's because guile can just right. do his v skill and he gets it meterless but even though Cody has to burn meter for it, having a fireball like that is very strong, and that kind of covers the weakness we were talking about earlier where he has a hard time getting in. He just needs to spend bar to do it. But yeah. even then, I, I personally don't think he's that scary when he gets in, so for me it's kind of a whatever. But yeah. that that part of the game is pretty frightening. 
Yeah, and I, I think we can we can generally agree that, that Cody's not fully explored yet. But um, Nick, I did want to throw out here because I know you're a huge fan of the character. I wanted to give you a chance to just kind of rant on what Capcom did to his moveset. Because like, you talk about this all the time behind the scenes. They removed every single thing he had. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even have a normal lift. And that's like anyone who played Cody in Alpha 3 or even more in Street Fighter 4 is not going to recognize the character. I've seen some people say they prefer him this way, and you know what, that's fine. Opinions are opinions. But nobody can say that he's similar to what he used to be. He still has a knife, right? That's good. He still has a knife in V-Trigger 1. Yeah, but, yeah, but you don't even use it <laughs> yeah, because V-Trigger 2 is better. I know. <laughs> I love his freaking standing light kick because it is like the jankiest mm -hmm. looking animation I think I've ever seen in a Street Fighter game. And, and like it cracks me up because I'm just like, I, I kind of want to play Cody just to do that dumb move and like just like freak people out with it. Mm -hmm. Like the mental mind games of doing yeah. a move that looks that lame. Yeah, but, uh, it, Ru Ruffian <laughs> kick is the same way too. The heavy one that, that hits up. He's just like all of a sudden he's his leg is up and he's just kicking and moving forward it looks like they just like had a picture and like you know it just like superimposed and it just automatically popped up it's really weird he has like no fluidity to it he I, has, has kind of ass animations mm -hmm. yeah i do want to say one thing for the record though regarding cody i love everything about street fighter cody except his moveset mm -hmm. yeah yeah his, love, his design is great yeah his his design his story his voice obviously the lines I mean, his attitude, all of that is pure Cody. And, you know, when I saw the trailer, I was still optimistic. Then when I got to try him, I was just like, no, nah, I don't like this at all. But <laughs> yeah. I still love the character. So it's nothing like that. Mm -hmm, I gotcha. think Capcom did a great job with him outside of the gameplay. And that's just my opinion on the gameplay, you know. Mm -hmm. Opinions are opinions. So speaking of characters that people love their design, next up we have Kage. Uh, John and Steven, like, what do you think of that? And... Um, and the beloved design yeah <clears throat> yeah i i put kage i think lower than i should have um and that is because well it's another potential thing so maybe maybe not because you have to prove it but sako is doing some proving right now with kage and so that's kind of uh, after i i kind of went back and um looked over sako's matches uh, over the weekend Kage has some interesting stuff, and uh, but but I won't go too far into it because I want to hear Steven's take first. Yeah, uh, I think we both played the character quite a bit when he was first released and stuff. Um, he he's another character that has a lot of really interesting tools that are are pretty decent. It's just he has some drawbacks, and then you know again with comparing it to other characters that are similar, it's just a lot of work for not as much reward. It feels like that's it. Yeah, and it's you know he has he has good damage. He's got some good pressure. Um, one of the biggest drawbacks to him, I think, is his range in neutral. Um, you know, his, his buttons don't go as far as you would hope they would. Uh, and then, you know, couple that with the fact that his projectiles are all like, they just explode at his fists, essentially. Uh, so he doesn't really have like a traditional Hadouken. Um, and it's not even like an Oni fireball where it, where it comes out and then disappears like, you know, a little bit down the down the road or whatever it's just kind of a little like i think it's more like dan's fireball right like we're just like it's a little blip in front of him uh and then you know he has red fireball at least but you know there's startup with red fireball and all that um so it's he kind of struggles it feels like in the neutral it's it, you know to kind of get his stuff off essentially but once he's in it he's pretty pretty strong i feel like i mean he's got some good tools uh you know he's got the the ex uh, flip kick that or the stomp that goes overhead like evil ryu um, definitely some longer combos and stuff, um, but it's just again there's something, something missing there. He's just lacking something, uh, and of course he has super low health, which is just something you know. He's a glass cannon, but it's really hard to get the cannon to shoot. 
Yeah. Uh, his neutral is is honest, and it's too honest for what the payout mm-hmm. is, but only by a little bit, I think. The thing about it is that he has such low health that um, such honesty, it's it just with the way Street Fighter V tends to work, um, you know, you play solid for so long, but then the, the age-old, um, you know, what then they guessed right, you know, then they got the jump in, or you weren't ready for that particular dash. And this character, um, as good as he can be in the neutral as far as scoring a, uh, a legitimate footsie counter hit with punish into a Tatsu, into like his, his regular combos, I feel like he's starting to um, get into the area where like, like, the Karen is good and Karen is good in a very specific way that I think could, depending on how you look at it, shoot her up to the very, very top of mm-hmm. the entire uh, tier list. But that's another conversation for another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kage begins to get into that realm. He just doesn't do it as efficiently. He's not quite as fast. He doesn't have quite the range, something along those lines or, or maybe both of those things. Um, but I, but having said that, he does have a lot. Mm-hmm. He has great um, um, setups. He's got some great pressure. He does plenty of damage. He's got a demon setup where you can technically, if, you've, if you're using that, so you're using V-Trigger 2, technically you can put someone in a 50-50 where they're either eating demon or uh, critical art, just standard critical art, mm-hmm. um, unless they you know guess correctly, and it's a 50-50 between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got a lot going for him. It's just that none of his stuff gets him in for free, and that's a problem in Street Fighter V a lot of the times because the characters that can get in for free do really well. Um, the the exception to that is Karen, who doesn't really get in for free, but her footsie and her, her walk speed and her, her abilities there are just so good that, that it's okay, mm-hmm. like it's justified. Uh, Kage doesn't quite reach that level, and so he can't do what Karen does, even if he's trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I do want to point out that because we talk about it so much on this podcast, the thing that we hate about Rashid, at least that I hate about Rashid the most, in, in that being his wall jump, we saw Sako um, use some tech from Kage where because he has this like seemingly worthless air fireball where it just kind of sparks in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can kind of use that to corral Rashid in and keep him in check in a way that most other characters can't do. And I thought that was super sexy. So given that he has that one anti-Rashid tech, that immediately makes me like Kage even more. So <laughs> Actually, I'll jump in on that point and say that he's actually seemingly not a bad pocket character. As you're seeing a handful of very good players either use him as a main or as an alt to, to cover some of the bad matchups. And Sako is like the most notorious example, right? Rashid or Mika comes out and you know it immediately like Kage is coming out for him like right now at this point in time that's how he's doing it um and, and that makes a lot of sense but you're also seeing other people play him like Punko Snake Eyes and, and even Alex Valle um they're using him in tournament and actually getting results with this character and, and so I I think that's why you're generally seeing higher up the list and other characters that we've covered right now like I think this is actually right around the spot in our tier list that that some people you know you might include Cody or not in here but this is like where the fringe of tournament viable characters begins. Mm-hmm. Like right here with Kage, it's like you know what? Like from this point on, mm-hmm. you can actually do something with these characters in tournament and like do something well. And that is like I I think that Kage like begins that fringe. But but how do you guys feel? Yeah, it's I think he's he's kind of the perfect um, like what he is right now is like Sako's using him as a sub. Right. And I think that that's a perfect thing for him to do. It's like you don't want to put all of your eggs in the Kage basket, essentially, because I think he has too many you know shortcomings to take you all the way there. But as a pocket character, like you were saying, I mean, I think he does pretty well and he has enough tools for where you bring him out sparingly. 
he can actually be pretty damn effective. Uh, but it's just, you know, if you're trying to commit to playing him only and you, you try to fight all these matchups with him, it's probably not going to turn out as well just because he does have those shortcomings, you know. Um, but he, he has stuff to work with for sure. Uh, and some of the cool things too is that he can do, um, you know, he can combo into his Raging Demon Super too. So you can get confirms like in neutral of like, you know, Crouching Medium Kick into, you know, Light Stomp into Demon and there's a ton of damage right there. Um, and you really have to play sharp with this character. And because his low, you know, he has such low health, it's it's risky. You know, everything is pretty much risky to do with him. It's like you have to be super on point, which is why I think he's such a good character for somebody like Sako, especially as a sub. It's like Sako can get in there and really play super sharp uh, and then, you know, make this character work. But if you're just kind of trying to play him like a regular Shoto and everything, you're probably going to get blown up pretty hard. I think that the as I think about it, if Capcom buffs Kage, um, like like in any significant way, I think he could shoot up the mm-hmm. tier list. Yeah. I think like he's got a bunch of really decent strengths, and if you were to buff one, it, not only might that help the others, but that would just probably like break a dam, and he would just go shooting straight up. It's like if you make him a little bit better, it's kind of scary because of his damage output and what he gets after he's knocked you down. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, well, where do you buff him? You probably buff him in the neutral. And if he's able to get to that with with honest neutral, like then he enters Karen territory. And I'm not certain off the top of my head, but he might have better damage output than Karen. And uh, you've suddenly made that character a thing, and that's really scary. Uh, I mean, the the thing is though with him, it's like he's also a character where you go, well, why not Akuma? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if Capcom buffs him, they're actually going to make him into Evil Ryu, right? So it's like he's going to be top tier. <laughs> I think a likely. Oh, I think a likely buff for him uh, that would might actually be one that would break the dam, uh, as you were saying, is uh, buffing his HP because as it stands right now, he has very low HP, and that makes it scary to do anything YOLO mm-hmm. with him because you lose half of your HP if you throw out a DP basically, right. mm-hmm. and yeah, he... if you then buff his HP, all of a sudden he becomes a viable alternative to Akuma, just. By virtue of you actually have more HP, right? Yeah, and I I would actually say that that the reason you would play Kage over Akuma is like his mixups are quite different. Where Akuma is sitting that back there and and relying like on a lot of kind of random normals and air fireballs and other stuff to get conversions, Kage is setting you up. Like he has teleports, um, he's got a stomp. Like he's much more interface and, and kind of like approaching you in a very different way. And I know he's you know fundamentally a Shoto, he's evil Ryu, whatever you want to call him. But to me, the way he sets you up and, and cashes out is quite a bit different than Akuma. Um, not everyone may agree with that, but to me, he stands out in that way. Well, yes, I'm just saying in the sense that Akuma has um, exceptional footsies uh, as well as everything else. But mm-hmm. uh, Akuma's like, I, I, they might have the same walk speed, I don't know. But it feels like Akuma can kind of reach you before Kage can, especially with his like heavy punch and such. And um, and then Akuma, I mean, as good as Kage's rushdown is, Akuma's good at everything, right? So um, it, it just feels like Akuma's a little bit better in the neutral because of his range, it might be. Uh, but but man, also I guess got to say Kage is fun. He is Kage's a fun mm-hmm. character to yep. play. Yeah, and and you know talking about the differences between you know Akuma and, and Kage, it's Kage definitely does set things up differently, and there's there's you know his mix-ups and all of that are different. But it's again it's it's hard to kind of get that going when your health is that low. Whereas if you're playing Akuma and you you choose to play that character over Kage, it's you have so much more control overall with Akuma. He can control the footsies. He can get you into mix-ups too. Kage's are definitely uh, definitely um, a lot more crazy his mix-ups. Um, but with Akuma, it's like 
you have a character that's somewhat similar, but they have a ton more control. They do great damage still. Um, so it, that's kind of the, the way that I look at it. It's like, Kage does have some really interesting stuff, but you're you're risking, you know, you're, you know, losing the, the game just to get it off. Whereas with Akuma, he, you can kind of control stuff more and just, you know, you know, do what you want to do. So Kage was a uh, number 28 on our list. He's actually tied with our next character here, which is Jury, who comes in at 27th. And this is actually a character that we were the most divided on uh, as far as a bottom 10 goes. Steven had her as a fourth worst overall, uh, while, while Velociraptor had her as 17th overall. And then Nick and I um, had her in the latter part of our bottom 10s. And that just kind of goes actually like what you're seeing with Jury, I think, overall. It's like people are very divided on this character. It's quite interesting. Um, but Justicate is really putting in uh, a lot of time with this character and putting her on the map. Uh, John is logging, a Velociraptor is logging a lot of time watching him play in the Street Fighter League. And he is doing damage here. But he's not only doing damage there... He's doing placements at big events as well and doing pretty solid. He got 49th at CEO, 17th at DreamHack Dallas and Texas Showdown, 65th at Combo Breaker, and then 25th at Final Round, um, where he was tied. This is tied with Fudo and Tokido. Mm-hmm. So, and this is using jury. Like, this is like, I, I need to state that because it's probably not like, who was he using? Oh, he was actually using jury to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, these placements aren't setting the planet on fire, but they're definitely solid. And he's not the only jury doing okay in tournament either. There are a couple more, and I mean that literally. There's like two more. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I think most people agree that jury does well when she builds up a few resources, right? Mm-hmm. That's where, like, she can get going. The problem is in some of her matchups, she doesn't get much room to breathe. It's like, okay, well, now I'm just going to yellow charge at you. You're not even going to have the chance to build up those resources. So it can be hard for her to get going. But but what are you guys, what are you guys seeing with her? Yeah, I think y'all are wrong. Uh, <laughs> also, I have her as 18th, not 17th, oh. so it's even higher. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I want to drive my point home further. <laughs> uh, here's the thing about Jury. I've been wary of Jury for a while. Um, and we haven't seen him for a while, but Shin Chang was playing her and uh, doing exceptionally well. Well, considering, uh, relatively speaking, with all the other juries out there that weren't doing well. And um, and then also we saw Infiltration using her a season or two ago as a secondary. And um, But I think that even then she was pretty okay. She wasn't by any means the best, but she was pretty okay. Uh, she has to do a little more work, especially with balancing and juggling the charges that she has to have and things along those lines. And I think that that works against her where, like, it's going to come down when you compare her to some characters where they're very similar, but they just don't have to do that stuff. And that's going to translate to more wins just because of that. Um, but this season, I think it's very important to have uh, walk speed, footsies, and uh, indecently ranging normals. So well, essentially to be able to play footsies. And I think Jury has a lot of that. She's she's not the best footsie character, but she can go toe to toe. And she's got some pretty good, like, she's somewhat similar to Ibuki. And then Ibuki has a lot more things uh, in different avenues. Uh, but but Jury can really dance with you on the floor in a lot of situations and, and when it comes to a lot of different characters. And she gets a lot out of that. Once she has V-Trigger, that becomes um, even scarier because the follow-ups that she has. And then the, just the basic rush down after that. It's, it doesn't shine the brightest, but it certainly can get the job done. 
it's another one of those characters where uh, she she has a lot kind of beginning to go for her in a few categories. It's just um, there are there are ones that you can have an easier time in life if you play other characters that are kind of like that. But I do think that she has some some strong points in places that uh, or in areas I should say that are very important here in season four. But I I, I need to ask something about Jury here uh, because I might be wrong, but I. I think it's correct. Uh, first, I'm going to preface it by saying that I get blown up by Jury all the time. She's one of <laughs> only two characters in the game that I do not understand at all. Uh, I, that said, I understand her decently on paper. I just can't make that happen in matches. Mm-hmm. And the thing you were saying about, like, yeah, she's scary in V-Trigger because she gets such high damage conversion and everything. But what's stopping you from just crouch blocking? Because I don't recall her having any overhead options that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, and it comes down to, um, you know, she's going to be opening you up with frame traps and things along those lines, um, or that you're playing footsies and she's whiff punishing you. But I mean, yeah. yeah, you can just turtle up, and and that's certainly an answer. And then it just becomes a well, just take the throw. Um, but I, I don't think it's just that. I don't think it's as simple as you're putting it out there. I think there are other ways where she can get into those those avenues. Yeah, I yeah, just I'm... think her V trigger is fairly weak because of that in comparison to what a lot of other people seem to think. But I definitely agree that she has she has the type of footsie game that you were saying you kind of need this season. I do agree mm-hmm. on that. I mean, one of the things I see that if you're if you're turtling up against a good jury player, and it seems like all the jury players I run into are really good and very knowledgeable about her, she's not a scrub-friendly character at all, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, they back mm-hmm. off, and they're like, hey, guess what? I'm going to charge up every single one of my resources now. If you're not going to come at me, I'm gonna next time I come in, I'm you're gonna have to hold like five mix-ups now, mm-hmm. and it, it's like it really you start to feel it when like a jury player is like tacking on like her low fireball at the very end of a block string, like oh it's my turn, oh nope I just ate a block string and like you know fireball and now I'm dead, you know and like they did like 400 damage off of it because they got it into super or they did something like that. Like jury players really scare me because again. It just feels like every time I run across one, it's like this guy knows how to play the game, or this girl, mm-hmm. like you know. Yeah. yeah, her super is a closer too. Like oh, that yeah. stuff, you yeah. tack it onto one of those long combos, and then all of a sudden you think you're fine and you're dead. I mean, Karen does, I think, a little bit more in that regard, but like Jerry's is is no uh, no joke. Yeah, I. It's it's funny, you know. She she does have a lot of good tools, like you guys are saying, but the way that I kind of look at that character is more of just like. She's inconsistent in the sense of, like, the way that I think Japan was looking at G, where it's like she has to, you know, stock her charges in order to be really vicious. And it's like if you prevent her from doing that, yeah, she has some good footsies. Yeah, her critical art, you know, is a good closer. But it's like it's, it's you know, if you can kind of put a damper on that game plan, she kind of falls to the wayside, I feel like. I mean, obviously, it's not that cut and dry, but it, it's it's just again it goes to me it just says the inconsistent thing where it's like you really have to worry about you know juggling that stuff as a jury player and then you know if you can get it out you're going to be you know pretty darn good but you know if you you prevent her from doing that then it's like well she still has some stuff but it's definitely not you know you're not as scared to fight her it feels like at least in my experience that's kind of the way i've seen it um whenever i fight jury players and, and oh, good. just to tack on like 
what is the meta of Street Fighter Five as well? Like it's rush the other player down mm-hmm. with most of the cast members, and that is something that Jury does not excel at handling. Mm-hmm. Right? Like she can do it, but she's not great at it, and that's why she ends up falling so low on the tiers. Yeah. If you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, you have to you have to back off to to stock those charges, or you have to you know play the neutral enough to get a knockdown to get those charges out. And I don't think her when you charge in block strings, it's actually safe. Like if you charge the fireball, I I don't know if they buffed mm-hmm. that, but I remember when I tested that originally it wasn't safe i'd have to check but i know there's risk to it and it's a lot of her game plan you know focuses so heavily on that aspect to me it's like it's it's cool but it's also like you're you know you're tying one arm behind your back when you're playing that character you have to really focus on doing that but if the player knows how to stop you from doing it i i I know that from experience playing g it's like if if someone can stop me from knock me down stop me from you know powering up things get a lot tougher a lot really quickly and it's I see that the same way as I look at jury and then I think also like even when she's powered up it's a it's a good payoff but it's not a top tier payoff in my opinion yeah she's she's too honest for her own good in the Street Fighter 5 atmosphere um, and and she's like Kage uh, in that same vein as Karen but just she's not good enough to thrive solely off of the footsies and and what she gets off of them and then she doesn't have um, any like the other big thing that you want in Street Fighter 5 is some kind of dishonest move mm-hmm. where it's it's more often going to pay off for you even when you just kind of touch throw it out there um, whether that be you actually get the hit or you just find yourself at an advantageous position on the screen and she doesn't really have that mm-hmm. I will say though that whenever you watch a jury like it's very rare I don't think I've ever seen a jury where um, I fought against them or watched them and they win and I go oh what a scrub mm-hmm. like they, they they didn't earn that you always feel like jury players have earned their wins uh, yep. there's a lot of reverence for for the skill that that character showcases uh, when she does Absolutely. win so I think that's a good thing uh, but it just doesn't necessarily translate to being a, a very good character in in tournaments when I watch them I generally feel that way but when I play them I don't feel that way at all <laughs> but uh, <laughs> admittedly I mean like I said this is one of only two characters that I don't understand at all it was also the character that i was by far the least confident in my placing in the tier list i mean who's your other one uh vega vega oh Uh, yeah yeah i struggle against vega too (laughs) yeah i i feel like jury separates herself from the other low tier characters because people listening to this might be like hey i think jury is like super low tier and we've heard that opinion a lot right even from jury mains have been like this character really sucks um I feel like she separates herself because a lot of the stuff she does is actually real. Like, it's not like you're, you're getting by on shenanigans and a bunch of BS. It's like when Jury gets going, it's like you really have to hold this stuff. It's good pressure. It's good mix-ups. Uh, she's got good stuff you have to hold, right? But it comes with a lot of matchup knowledge that really tilts against her, meaning that she's actually very technical in the the fact of how many matchups you have to study to actually get by with the character. And again, that's how come when, you know, Velociraptor and I are running into jury players, it's like, oh, wow, you know how to play this matchup. You know how to do this stuff. Because, like, to get up to a high rank and be that level, like, you've got to put in some serious time with this character. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and not only that, but you've got to be gifted and all that. Like, it kind of 
it, it so that come becomes an uphill climb. It's like, okay, I have to do all this stuff to get this far, and there's a reward here, yeah, but why not invest those same resources into like a Zeku character mm-hmm. or someone like that? It's like, yeah, that's kind of where she falls apart, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can do it, but like it's pretty much like you have a lot of love over Jury, and she's a very um she sparks a lot of passion in our community. We know this for sure. Like very, very, very passionate fans of her. And I think that's like you you see the character kind of on the map, even though she maybe doesn't deserve to be. Mm-hmm. So all right, so the last character we have for today is Blanca. Uh, Steven, you actually played this character a good bit. I know this is a character that actually has a lot of heavy opinions here, uh, but go ahead and kick us off. Yeah, Blanca is, uh, man, um, he's got some dirty tricks up his sleeve, uh, but I feel like it's weird. He's he's too gimmicky, but not gimmicky enough to be Blanca, as weird as that sounds. And by that, I mean... He really has to rely on throwing stuff out that, you know, fakes out the opponent in order to get his stuff off because, you know, in neutral, his buttons aren't really that great, I feel, um, you know, and, and to, to get his pressure going and all that. So he has to kind of, you know, move around a bit and, and throw things out to kind of get the opponent to, to overextend and then he can kind of go in. But then he also doesn't have enough there, in my opinion, to be like as tricky as like say street fighter 4 blanca you know street fighter 4 blanca had all the crazy the hops and you know crouching light kick and you know he he'd go all over the place overheads he's he's fast and he's scary to deal with when he's in but this blanca it's like he's not that at that level in my opinion and and it's that's kind of his big issue um again he has some cool stuff he has you know like stuff like v trigger 2 is really tricky uh once that you know comes into play you have to kind of pray that you're going to block it because he can do like the beast ball and then like go up or go left or right or fly into the air or go behind you uh and then once he he lands like he's you know at, at advantage you know on block so it's tricky you see people get opened up by that a lot but i think just in general the character is not solid enough uh to kind of be really good uh he's not terrible but he's just his tools aren't solid enough to kind of you know see him climb the ranks I used to put him smack dab in the middle of the tier mm-hmm. list because uh, what it felt like was Blanco was going to do the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like the epitome of I'm going to either do the thing or I'm going to do the other mm-hmm. thing. And if you don't do the right thing, then I'm going to win this interaction. Mm-hmm. And that translated to some wins. It's like, But it, it didn't feel like – it was like one of the, the matches where it felt like uh, um, analysis of what the other player was doing – um, as the Blanca player was like at a at a minimum, mm-hmm. and um and but now there's been the input lag reduction, so he's not getting away with as much stuff, especially in the neutral, like a sudden command grab because mm-hmm. he's like similar to Birdie's dolphin dive, right? He has the command grab where he leaps at you. Um, he might just toss out random Blanca balls and things like that, and just try to to force something because, like you said, his neutrals like nothing to write home about, mm-hmm. and um and so now that's paying off a little bit less. So I think that really what just happened is he just fell down the tier list a bit mm-hmm. i'm not a blanca expert i've played a handful online i've seen like like i think the highest blanca play i've seen was at capcom cup last year when uh, i think it was Duncan diaz took him out for a specific matchup mm-hmm. right against a uh, minot in uh, grand finals but like really you don't damn see... it i've been playing Duncan diaz online and he's been play- playing blanca against me now i know why <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right damn it yeah. all right you were there with me you saw yeah, it i know but then, and i saw it now he's doing it to me too i'm, I'm upset about it so yeah so i feel like he's a character that just like uh will flip some coins um I'll, that's like a lot of his game plan it's, it's obviously not all of his game plan but a lot of it revolves around that and with the way the game has changed here in season four mostly um i think that that hasn't benefited 
emulated that style of play, and so he's fallen a bit mm -hmm. from the from the smack dab middle. I think an important thing to bring up when it comes to Blanca in any game is how many top tiers can punish the Blanca ball. Yep. Mm -hmm. and how well can they punish the Blanca Ball. Because mm -hmm. that's actually an interesting fact, though, is that Alex is extremely good at punishing the Blanca Ball. Yeah. So I love playing Alex against Blanca, mm -hmm. and I actually hate playing Ibuki against Blanca. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was actually going to bring that up, because uh, I believe none of the Blanca Balls are actually safe. Like, obviously, they go different di uh, distances back for whatever, you know... Um, whatever strength of button you're hitting, but I think they're all minus 21. And, you know, somebody like G who has Rush Punch or Balrog, it's a free punish every time. So you can't even get that light Blanca Ball pressure on some characters. And, you know, I think a lot of times too, you know, if it's a lot of characters can punish with super, things like that, you know, I'm sure like Nikali can do like disc guidance. He can slash yeah, all or he can do probably yeah. the, the V skill stomp, right? Or the, the ground pound. So there's a lot of punishes for it. So he has to pick and choose when he wants to do Blanca Ball. And a lot of times you'll see Blanca players uh, doing the Rainbow Ball instead and just kind of, you know, cutting it short, like trying to fake out the opponent so they can get them to overextend and then they'll they'll go in. Deep, yeah, yeah, so it's like his Blanca Ball pressure isn't really great in this game either. So it's a lot of his main tools, you know, it just makes him struggle in the neutral. Yeah, and yeah. his backstep rolling, I think, is about like plus three on block in most situations. But once you've labbed it with most characters, they'll, you know, the players will try to throw it out there. Like, he can jab him out of it. Mm -hmm. You can anti air it. Like, I mean, you, you just have to make sure you don't commit to a big anti air option, and he baits that out. Yeah. That's what you have to watch out for. And so you have to look at your low commitment buttons. That's usually a jab. And if you're knocking him back, and like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're, you're trading with him pretty well in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think something else, uh, that Steven touched upon a little bit is that his V Trigger 2 is, I think it's V Trigger 2. Mm -hmm. um, yes. That one is so good. It is. It's unbelievably yeah. good. Mm -hmm. And that that makes it so that the Blanca Balls all of a sudden aren't, aren't just uh, like hard to punish mm -hmm. they're actually plus mm -hmm. yeah they're not just they're mix not up. just safe they're hard to they're, they're they're plus and then you're in a mix-up so it's like exactly. it gives him that free mm -hmm. mix-up which is his, his only saving grace mm -hmm. as far as like having any kind of not even consistency but the chance to win yeah. there uh, yeah i yeah. think that that v trigger is like honestly for me it might be top five in the game mm -hmm. at how good it is and even then i don't think blank outside the v trigger is necessarily bad mm -hmm. he's just kind of lackluster right so i definitely think that's the type of character that has more room to be explored uh but i will say when i was in japan i was talking to nishikin about that and i was like because i think he was ranked second or third in the arcade at that time like wow. when it came out and i was like oh well i guess blanca is decent though uh since you're doing so well with him he was like, no 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 he's terrible <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that V Trigger 2 is a bit <laughs> overrated because once you've labbed it, like the cross up, I think is actually negative. I think it's like negative one, but all the other like V Trigger 2 mix ups are plus, right? Uh, so there's a few of them that like they're they're not real and you can exploit, um, but that comes to labbing the heck out of a Blanca matchup, and not many people are willing to do that because they they don't face Blanca that often and he's not a big threat, right? Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and with V Trigger too as well. I mean, not only are the the, the block strings or like the the block mix up scary, but he can tack on a lot of damage if he actually hits you, like with an up oh, ball yeah. and stuff. So if oh, he yeah. gets like a reversal up ball and then goes into the V Trigger two stuff, he's doing some good damage there. So it just makes yeah. a lot of his um, a lot of aspects of his game plan really scary once that's in play. 
Yeah, and he's yeah. actually really good up close too. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those um, like those block streams and electricity, he's plus on. Mm-hmm. And, and once a Blanca is in on you, he gets very scary. And then he actually has that great command grab, mm-hmm. which which is like okay, well, you know, it's my turn. I'm gonna push Blanca back with a normal, right? It's like oh, he just jumped at me and did you know command grab. Now he's back in again, mm-hmm. and I have to hold this pressure. And, and you can see some really good stuff from Blanca players once they get in. And actually, Steven was kind of notorious for using I think it was V Trigger One because mm-hmm. you got so many Blanca balls and you were able to use them in such a Variety of ways it got you in more often, mm-hmm. and you were able to do there. So instead of having like one loud explosion that you have with V Trigger Two, mm-hmm. you were able to kind of even out the matchup a little bit more by using V Trigger One. Right, and, and the big benefit there was that um, one of the big differences for this Blanca in Street Fighter Five versus like Street Fighter Four is that um, his EX uh, Beast Ball isn't projectile invincible in this game, and that's a big you know downside for him because you know you're you're basically kind of getting shut down by fireballs now. Uh, you can EX Command Throw through them, but you know EX Command Throw has a lot of startup and all that and it's it's a lot trickier to hit it but that's why i like v trigger one is because uh you know it it makes it so that all of your blanca balls are um projectile invincible so you can just wait for somebody to throw a projectile go in and then you if you hit them you actually get a follow-up combo from it so it it, like it 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 enhances all of his special moves with v trigger one and makes stuff you know more comboable uh and gives you that you know that uh, projectile invincible beast ball now so it makes it you know Again, it kind of enhances his uh, his game plan there and makes things a little bit better. And that was one of the reasons why I used you know V Trigger One initially. So it, it's this is a character where his tournament results are, have generally been abysmal. If you ask me, um, when you see a Blanca player like cracking the top 32 like you're like oh wow like mm-hmm. a Blanca got up there like it, it's pretty rare and, and I think it speaks so much to how much of a shenanigans based character this is right and yeah it, it, so when when you when you see the other player like you know scrambling and just trying to do some stuff against him like I think that's where you start thinking like hey this character is good um, and, and that's kind of like the, the, the fallacy of Street Fighter V overall is that a lot of characters can blow you up if you don't know the matchup or, um, you know, the offense is very powerful in this game. Mm-hmm. It's something we, you know, we're talking about quite a bit. Um, but you have to look at how consistent people can be with a character. And one or two matches of someone doing well is very much not an indicator of overall character power or success. A lot of people fall apart with consistency in this game. Yeah. So yeah, Blanca's actually at the the very top of our bottom 10. So that kind of makes them like, it's like a room full of people who went bankrupt. And like, people are like thinking like he's the smartest guy in a bunch of room, like, you know, the room of people who went bankrupt. It's like, yeah, you're the smartest guy there. But like, you're also in a room you don't want to be in to begin with. (laughs) And that's kind of where Blanca falls at that point. It's like, "Uh, okay, it kind of works out. You know, thanks, Blanca. But yeah, Mm -hmm. no, thank you. Like, you know, we're good. So yeah, yeah. he's not horrible. And he can definitely catch people off guard with his crazy stuff. Like it's there. But it's just once you kind of understand how to fight him, uh, you know, it, it is his effectiveness goes down pretty heavily and he does have some tricky stuff it's not he's not a you know unplayable character by any means but it's just it, you're banking a lot on trying to catch people off guard and in a tournament setting where people probably labbed your character already that's probably not what you want all right y'all that's going to wrap us up for this week of the event hubs podcast we're going to be back next week same cast same crew same time <laughs> and we're going to cover the middle cast members in the game and it's going to be pretty intense here and then of course in the in the final pod here uh one week or two weeks i should say after this one we're going to be covering the top 10 and getting into all the top tier characters that you definitely want to hear about uh you know we'll, we'll see who's up there we're not, not going to drop any names just yet but maybe you can guess a few characters in the top 10 maybe not i don't know so um, but anyway that's going to wrap us up for this week of the event hubs podcast and thank you all so much for listening.
Alrighty. So we hit, yeah, we we hit stop, right? Just real quick. 